Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Boys. Yeah. Oh, the boys are here. They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> Boysies. Get rarer. Get rarer. Why is this happening to me? Me. We're not getting Maccas and you can blame my son. <laughs> Get a few today, did you? It's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Is anyone going to listen to this or what? No, I actually don't know what, what happens in third grade. <laughs> you either get nude, get in the shower, or we're throwing all your cook gear in, bro. Yeah, like, no chance I'm going to bowl you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Right now, in this moment, today, whatever day it is that you're listening to this, whatever year it is right now, it will never, ever get better than this for your team. Factor that into any equation you make for the rest of your life, especially financial ones. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com for all your swimwear needs. We're talking hats, we're talking shirts, we're talking stubby holders, everything you need for your El Nino summer. Summer is here, it means party shirts. It means no hat, no play kind of weather. It's skies out, thighs out stuff. It's je suis ordinaire. Budgiesmuggler.com.au and use the code GOODAREAS for free shipping. That's also valid in both uh, the UK and Australia websites. Obviously, support for this here program is from our dear Patreons. Patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. You sign up right there for $5 or $10 US a month. And then you get all the audio exclusively for uh, at the end of every day's play for these ashes. Also, hashtag RCDC Fridays. Pezza, late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, sorry, yeah, we're, we're late. We're again. Sorry, sorry, we're late. Uh, the the show has been beset by um different ch- challenges and obstacles over the last few weeks. Coming back from England, etc. Um, it's just a te- two man operation. Te- technical issues. Um, th- this week I can say good excuse. I I was um and not to put too fine a point on it, but I was laid down in hospital for a few days with um. A mystery illness. Uh, suffice to say, uh, you know, it was it was it was <clears throat> concerning enough to go, and also, you know, I've been discharged, so you know, I'm uh, I'm all good. But yeah, mystery illness, and I'm just calling it that because there's a, there's a there's a good tabloid level to that, and also humor is, as they say, it's a higher order emotional intelligence coping mechanism as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm out, and it's funny when you say late. I was um I was being wheeled out of an. Uh, Wheelchaired out of an MRI, not because I couldn't walk. That's just the protocol. I was good to go. Wheelie bin stuff. <laughs> well, on the same by the same token, I was I was I was wheelchaired to to the lift to go back to my ward, and uh, and a young man um, in his scrubs uh, said, "Hello, sir," and, and I said, "Hi," and and he said, "Big fan." <laughs> <laughs> now, he didn't say where's the podcast, <laughs> but uh, 
it was nice. It was, you know. Always great to meet the fans. Sure, uh, at, sure. At, at the Alfred Hospital, at the highs and lows. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm. Look, I'm, I'm okay. Thank you. But that is why the, um, that's why, that's why the cast is late. I was, I was uh, admitted to hospital for two days after we spoke to Carl Stefanovic. That was a weird day. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was <laughs> a, a weird, weird day. day. Yeah, mate. These ashes are weird. Yeah, head into highs uh, and lows. Yeah, that's right. I did, a, did an interview on the ABC uh, while I was waiting in the triage. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Alfred, I can laugh now. I can laugh, but no, I thank the people who look up, who looked after me, and um, that's that's why we're late. That's it. Okay, I know it's been a few days since the last match happened in the men's. Anyway, we'll be talking about what the fuck is going on with the women's. Um, but uh, let's talk about the third test there at Henley. Australia made 263. Mitch Marsh hit 118. Wood hit 39. Mark Wood took 534 in that first dig. Then England hit 237. Thanks to Ben Stokes's 80. Cummins took six for 91. Then Australia made 224 with Travis Head making 77. England then was set 250-something to win, and they did it seven down. Harry Brook hit 75. Crawley, 44. Works, 32. And Stark took five for 37. We asked for your visceral minutes, and this is the reaction from the fans out there. I'm terrified of Ben Stokes. The man lives in my head rent-free. I can't afford rent, so I'm back in with my parents. <laughs> Get in there, boys. I fucking knew the lads at Baz would do it. Your little woke arty captain and this bunch of nerds never stood a chance against our better banter and bucket hats. Free to you, cats. <laughs> Sydney, grade two team would beat a Perth one team or... Would a Perth 1's team beat a Sydney 2's team? <laughs> and then same again, do you reckon a Perth 2's team would lose to a Sydney 3's? Or would a Sydney 3's beat a Perth 2's? I mean, Johnny did stay in his crease this time, but it didn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> You're joking, aren't you? <laughs> you good dumb fucks. You thought you could alpha, Basbull <laughs> and Stokesy. Never. The real alphas are England. Three, two, fuck off. Can we fucking play you boys at Eddingley every single fucking week of the year, lads? <laughs> I'm telling you, Mark Wood, Chris Wokes, they give me hyaluronic acid. How are the crows feet looking for you two Aussie bastards? <laughs> <laughs> I think Australia lost this one on purpose just to make the test season three more exciting. <laughs> Have that, you crow's feet, cunt. Fucking <laughs> Freo. Freo really fucked up today. <laughs> that, was, that was a bad loss. Almost as bad as Pat Cummins' boys against England. I reckon drop Pat Cummins. Yeah, Freo lost. Drop Pat Cummins. Yeah, 53 points or some shit. Drop Pat Cummins. <laughs> Steve Smith, the captain. Bring back the sandpaper. Let's go, boys. Fucking... 4-1, let's go. Fuck off, 4-1. 30 quid for a haircut. <laughs> for a shit salad as well. I'm not surprised he didn't want to go and pay for that. And all that for what? To look good as the villain to an entire nation? I can smell it. It stinks of it. 3-2, fuck off. Mixed emotions, really, because I'm Scottish, so I hate the English and don't understand the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, 4-1, fuck off. Someone kill me! <laughs> <laughs>
the men have lost, the women have lost. Australian cricket has lost its way. You need to sack Mike Baird, sack McDonald, <laughs> sack Cummins, sack everybody. <laughs> except Mitch Marsh. We're back, baby. Aussies calling for Omicron. <laughs> I tell you right now, is there any fucking danger in pitching the ball up and not fucking bouncing them every five seconds? You fucking nuggets. I'm so scared all of the time. Why? Why am I scared? Why do I watch every ball? <laughs> I haven't had sex in six months. This is an informal plea for consent from Mark Wood for me to lick every inch of his naked body. <laughs> so those, those are the Good. thoughts those Good. are the thoughts those are the visceral minutes this week yep. thanks to everyone that uh that spent the time uh to call mm. in we had uh, about 600 yeah that was a fair bit to get through there um now pez uh it was another great game it was another great chase for england they've done it again another score over 250 in the fourth innings there mm. um it's uh it's yeah you're watching this through your fingers. Mm. Uh, you're watching this through your phone. You're watching it bent over backwards, mm-hmm. but you can't turn away from it. Yeah, I, but my big. T- I mean, there's so many things you can start with, you know, with with this game. But like the, mm. the thing that's, I'm trying to zoom out. The thing that stuck out to me is there just seems to be a plethora now of like, you know, syrupy comments to the effect of like. England's won. Test cricket is alive and well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I see what you're doing, England. Like, mm-hmm. I see it. Mm-hmm. NASA it. did it. Yeah, it, it's saving the game. Oh, well, the, the logical extension is England win, red ball cricket saved. Yes. You know, purity is preserved. Right. Australia wins, mm. it's all fucking over. Yeah. Dead. Evil reigns, mm-hmm. you know. And dark I, arts. I, dark arts. Mm-hmm. Cummins is the reluctant villain. England heroically, you know, riding in night on the white horse to save the game we all love. Why? Mm. Why is it if Australia wins, everything's dead? Mm. I've never wanted to kill Test cricket more. Yeah. Never wanted the whole thing to be fucking dead. 100%. You know, Cummins' middle stump broken, cartwheeling out of the ground, both both parts of the stump now. Yep. <laughs> Test cricket over. I mean, let's face it, as you said at the top, mm. it's never going to get better than this ever for no. both for both countries. No. Test cricket is, is at its absolute peak right now. Everything is downhill. Mm. So may as well win and kill it, kill everybody's dreams. Absolutely. At, 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 um, Embrace at, the villainy. At the end of the Lord's Test match, Pez, I was thinking like, oh, just a little part of me is like, a little part of me is like, oh, this series deserved like a, a great finale, fifth test, you know, the last session of the Oval. And then like the, then the next test started and I was like, I hope we fucking beat these cunts 8 nil. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like it's in my brain. It's, it's yeah. engrooved in my brain, right? It's mm. just entrenched in there deep. Um, so I can't escape that. Now, like, of course, the same the same principle would must apply for this test match. You'd think, like, oh, it'd be good if England win this one 2-2 two, two, oval. And I'm like, now I'm like, now nah, fuck that. I have, like, I suppose it's, it's admiration and also confusion and bemusement for people who are so, like, uh, so holistic in their – um, approach to life that they can have a team that they like, but they can also understand that like the longer it goes, the better it is, and the the better the story is, and mm. like ha- and and the more enjoyable it is, the closer it is. Tantric like, sex. I mean, now, yeah, St- Sting was a master of it. Why 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 come now when you can save it for a week and a half? Mm-hmm. And um, that was the noises he used to make as well. <laughs> yeah, like it's good for 
this venture, the longer this series goes, there's more to it. And also sure, sure. the tears, the longer it goes, the more it's lent, you know, leaning towards Australia losing both yeah, the men which and is the good. women losing 18 games in a row yeah. to save test cricket. And also India's winning in the West Indies. And, and, <laughs> that's right. And we've all of a sudden spun our view on man cats. <clears throat> that's right. So everything's coming up Engl- England and India, <laughs> you know. Right. So I understand that. Yeah. I mean, TJC is never happier as a business when mm. Australian cricket's in chaos. Yeah. But I, and so we should be rooting for, you know, a close series and, and some, you know, going mm. right to the denouement of the final session at mm. the Oval. Mm. Some cunt dressed as Wonder Woman with his phone in his pocket and, yeah. you know, some other Barmy Army shit. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, kill. I want to kill. Yep. I want them dead. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, England, England to me looks like it has the edge. Uh, we'll get into selections and stuff like that. I admire the way they're playing. I, uh, you know, I think baseball is an ide- is an ideology for our times beyond mm-hmm. cricket. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I respect it, but I, st- I, w- I want I want death, and I want to embrace the villainy. Okay, I don't. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. How can you sit there and watch a session of cricket as an Australian cricket fan or a chronicler of the game and go like, "Oh, I hope England does well." In this, in this oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, like I can respect the players. I can walk and chew gum. I can hold two ideas at the same time. I can love my children and want to throw them out a window. Sure, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, no, no, same thing. I, I like the players. I like the England team. I like the grounds. I like the supporters for the most yeah, part. You know, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's fun. But then, like, I, I get still, it. I still have the, like, like poor people don't understand is like I played a lot of third grade. Yes, and once you played that like that level for that long. It's very hard to separate the competitive edge from just you know normal rational thoughts mm. over over time, you know, because when you compete at that higher level, yeah, that yeah, consistently, you get conditioned into sort of a, more of an athlete warrior mentality. Yeah, and that's why the last dance really spoke to me. Mm. Um, England, we all saw ourselves in Jordan there, right? <laughs> <laughs> For podcasts, I was more of a Pippin guy myself. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, just with a baritone voice. Mm. Um, England can't catch. Uh, that's that's a that that yeah. is a, that's a constant throughout the series. They do well for a team that can't catch all. Do you want to talk about just uh, in the game itself? Mark Wood bowling absolute fucking wheels, yep. scary wheels. Yep. Um, and then obviously in the last few days, the story has come out. Well, it hasn't just come out; it's just a reference again because he wrote in his book uh, that he wrote with uh, Vitushna Hantharaja actually um, about uh, Mark Wood's fear of flying, and um, <laughs> they they have um, they they sit in alphabetical order. So Wood and Works obviously sit next to each other. They're at the end. Of the, at the, at the end batting together in this game and Mark Wood's fear of flying often results in um, uh, Chris Wokes holding Mark Wood's hand and now it's like see now he's buying Thunderbolts and he's a vulnerable man and oh. he's also just an extremely likeable person and that's like this is the, this is my thing as well that I get annoyed with with, uh, with Ben Stokes as well right now Ben Stokes when he's like batting on one leg and he still makes 80 and he basically saves the game in one moment for, for England in this game when they were 5 for 90 or something and it, it Australia had every right to bowl him out for sort of 140, 150, having a big 120-run lead or whatever. Mm. Instead, it would turn out to be a 27-run lead. And I get annoyed at Ben Stokes, who's injured. I'm like, this fucking guy now. This fucking guy, he can barely walk. He can barely yeah. see. He's batting on one leg. He's batting on one wrist, one elbow, one arm. And I'm like, you, you saw the footage of the uh, the American bird recently on the plane who's, who's absolutely freaked out and said, like, that motherfucker back there, he's not real. That's how I feel when I'm looking at Ben Stokes. I'm looking at that guy back there. This motherfucker's yeah. not real. Yeah. He's not real. And now I see Mark Wood buying Thunderbolts yeah. and he's being vulnerable as well and he's yeah. completely fine with that yeah. as a new age man. I'm like, what the fuck Steven is it? Bidoff. Well, can I not, can I, can these guys be more annoying so I can hate them more? Yeah, you know well, what I mean? I, I, I do have some thoughts on that. 
The, the the wood thing is particularly concerning. It's the it's the archetypal soft strong man, you know. Like he's he's a, he's a he's a Geordie, um, you yeah. know, labour leafleter, um, you know, a sort of state school educated, lovely person who has who can frighten you more than any other cricketer can and can kill you mm. with his with his thunderbolts. Mm. And then also he has the the like security to hold a man's hand. And I think one thing that Vish missed from that story is they actually interlock their fingers when they hold hands right, as well. Right. And that causes that's that's a that that really like puzzles Australians and mm. and that's one nil England from a masculinity perspective. Fuck, they're winning a lot of different contests. But you've got to be careful. You <laughs> and Australia like we we have to be careful, right? Because one thing that English can do, <clears throat> and let's just stereotype, is that if they win one game of cricket or anything, you know, one game of sport in yeah. any time, yep. it is like open top bus parade DVDs. Yep. Uh, like my references are twenty plus years ago. Of obviously, course, obviously, yes, um, yes, I'm yes. stuck there. But um, they do know how to uh, like develop a like a hero narrative around a win. You know, yep. they win a game of cricket. Blokes are holding hands. You know, Stokes is now Napoleon uh, and. And they're all lovely blokes, you know, in bucket hats and shit. And I just call, mm. I just, mm. th- this is Australia's challenge in the next, with seven days as we go to air now, six days. Australia's got to change the game. You know, like Australia needs to win back some narrative of being good. Like it's got to, go, it can't sit in the middle. It's got to go either way. We either embrace the villainy and become once again the biggest cunts of all time. Mm, that's you get, the, you get the old guys out, wheel them out, help yep. us feel safe in that sense. Right. Okay. Or Cummins has to do something vis-a-vis climate change or something, or the boys have to get involved in saving a child from a fire or something. That's interesting. Something that allows us to feel like something extreme about them. Either way, they're just okay. kind of they're sitting quietly. Australia, yeah. I feel like they're sitting ducks. England's got no problem confecting narratives. NAS, they've won the game. NASA says Test cricket survives because England wins a game. Mm. You know, well, what's Australia doing in terms of in terms of corralling the narrative. That's interesting. You know? That's interesting. We're just saying, oh, Wood's good, Stokes is good. Fill the vacuum, comms team. Fill it. Yeah. Something. I agree. Kerry, what, what is it? I think they need to start going around and paying for haircuts voluntarily. Whatever. Because yeah. I feel like England win a session and it's like, <clears throat> it's all fucking for king and country, you know? Yeah. It's all- What's Australia's I'm, narrative? I'm getting montages of the verdant green pastures, yeah. you know, the, the white cliffs of Dover all of a sudden. What's you want a session, okay? Yeah. Fuck off. Starks won a four ball up in Scotland. You know, like that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> and then they play golf. That's right. Stark replaced his divots, you know, up at fucking St Andrews or wherever the fuck they are. Well, I saw this morning that Mitchell Stark is using one of Elisa Healy's bats because it's lighter. Because he said that okay. uh, during the Australian summer, they were facing Henrik Norkia, who also bowls fucking rockets, right? Mm-hmm. And so Stark used one of Healy's bats because it's lighter. Mm. Um, so he's actually stolen one of her bats and used it against Mark Wood here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but then he said, but then it's fine because she's using one of his bats. <laughs> so that's, right, and that's not sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know I, you know I'd, I'd, a bit of married stuff there uh, yeah australia's <laughs> australia's got narrative problems yeah i, yeah. I can see that and, like anything i mean then you got the rishi sunak albanese stuff uh well keep politics out of sport for me yes <laughs> <laughs> kind of cringe the, 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 the whole the whole thing is is cringe uh, yeah. but i sort of it's yeah, it goes to show crickets in the in the consciousness, that's good, I guess. Why don't he just get his phone out? Like that's that's like why have you got to print it out and show him something? Yeah, it's you media. Know, it's on. comms guys. Of brief. course, it it's is, comms yeah. guys briefing him two minutes before. Oh, just do this and yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's social media team. Oh, this will bang. Yeah, uh, but uh, I guess something. 
Um, I just had that in a note here, Pez. I mean, all these games are such fine margins. Like, mm. really, either team could be winning and losing 3-0. Like, seriously. Um, in the first innings, Scott Boland has Stokes. Stokes comes down the wicket to yeah, him. So and he hits yeah. him at LBW. Yeah. And it's like... It's not it's, out, though. No, no, no. Yeah. I, no, it's not. But, like, you know... They, that moment. They review it, and it's like a B stick. It's umpire's court. It's not mm. out. Like, it's, um, it's all fine. But I'm just saying, in that moment, that would have been six for 90. Um, I think in the third innings of the game, Australia are one for essentially over a 100-run lead at that point. And then Marnus and Smith get out to Moen Alley, who basically has no other impact for the rest of the game. There's been a couple of times in that game where they just... They, they could have buried England, you know, but they didn't because the teams are matched up so well. England will feel like... Um, they had every right to win the first game, but they didn't. You know, the wicketkeepers let them down a couple of times. But um, it is it is remarkable that like it's that that's part of the reason why it's so gripping because like every it's in, it's almost like every half hour inside every session a game can turn. And this is why cricket's so good in England as well. And this is why this series is so gripping. Like I think I'm going to fuck my sleep up for the next couple of tests. I just I think I just have to watch all of it because this is this mm. is as good as it'll ever be. My, my point being about the Bowl and Stokes LBW thing is. It is such fine margins that I can't think of another series except for 2005, mm. which I know people are comparing about it endlessly. But um, I think it's going to how be cre- close the teams are. Credit to the style of cricket that England's playing. Like I, I, I don't think there's enough respect out there for the dizzying effects of baseball. I, I feel like Australia's doing well so far to ride it. You know, but, but watching the cricket, it's like a you know, like it's like a bull at a rodeo. Just fucking hang on tight as long as you can. Wait for them to fuck up, and then hopefully some rodeo clowns come in. And <laughs> once it knocks you off, and you don't get a spike up your ass, <laughs> the, the horn. <laughs> what drugs is he on? That's a hazing ceremony. Uh, <clears throat> I've never felt so uncertain about what's ahead, uh, and I think online discourse reflects that as well. You know, I've got a few ideas. But yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's very clear to a lot of people how <laughs> Cummins right. should have skipped it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, England's another you know England with record breaking fourth innings chase uh, form behind them. But um, yeah, it's really hard to use like trends or history to deduce conclusions about mm-hmm. about what's to come. Uh, I do sense England is coming. Uh, in in this series, like they they're clean, they've cleaned up some of their sloppy cricket, some of the waste around it. Um, I think they're going to continue to gear the wickets to their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wood, if he stays fit, changes the entire complexion yep. of the series. Uh, Australia is going to need to produce some of its best cricket, in fact, better cricket than it's already played, to take a test off England. Oh, we're probably moving into the the next game and, and that kind of stuff now. Yep, uh, but um. Again, yeah, just to uh, I guess amplify your point, it's a it's a hell of a series, and it is I'm finding it very difficult to kind of read what's going to happen, which which is part of the the charm of it, I suppose. Just from a purely Australian perspective, with this one, <clears throat> just think a couple of moments in the game were really significant moments in Australia's first innings, and the first one was when Wood bowled Kawaja, that Kawaja, was Kawaja, sorry, uh, who I have never seen score a run. Mm. Um, that was the last ball of his fourth over. He then got taken off straight away. It just felt like that got wood into the game, into the contest. It was a fiery spell. It was the quickest spell I've seen in England bowler bowl anywhere. Um, and then Mitch Marsh then scoring a fucking runner ball 100, which is incredible, but then gets out the last ball before T. You know, this is the, and then obviously, as I referenced before, Smith and Marnus getting out in fairly, not fairly, actually really weak dismissals. And they've mm. actually, I mean, Smith has already scored 100. Marnus has got to 30 and 40 a couple of times. So he's, it's, a, it's a weird out of formness that he finds himself in, but... He doesn't make those mistakes in Australia, and that's a frustration, you know. Just feel like Australia were right in that game a couple of times, and um, 
But then, you know, England are a good team as well, and they have good players, and they have match winners, especially with that batting down to basically 11, with Robertson batting 11 in this game. Um, <clears throat> that Alex Carey haircut story is one of the fucking weirdest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> just, like, complete absurdity. Um I don't really have an angle on it other than it's just fucking ridiculous. And like as much as Australians want to be paint, it's very easy to paint an Australian as villains or, or the villainy of the Australian team for, you know, sins of the past, which is completely right. But like this specific team as such likable, friendly people like Alex Carey, just, I couldn't think of a gentler, softer, more kind and interested person. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, but like, you he's know, fucking flogging haircuts, that's right. mate. When, when some, Nicking haircuts. some knighthood bloke is on the BBC just telling lies about him, all of a sudden, Gary's a cunt. <laughs> he's idiot. getting booed. Like, Gary's the nonsense guy ever. And it's like, mate, Gary's no, on the front. The, when the they're not covering room. the nonsense, you know, or calling people nonsense incorrectly, <laughs> that, you know, the sun's got Gary on the front page with like a, <laughs> and the barber in the background. It's like, that. I think that's well done. Is him, Alex really. Gary that BBC reporter? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's taking a dark turn, that one. <laughs> Fucking grim shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so let's let's talk about the fourth test, Pez. And um, it's a few days out and uh, everything will, will depend on the state of the pitch. Um, oh. So uh, there is that. But Australia's lineup is an interesting one. We'll start with Australia. Uh, and do you want to talk about the Warner question first up? Uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose so. Um, where would – I mean, where do you – Can I say, for, yeah, from go, my, go, from go, my go. perspective, Warner, it will play. And I just don't think it's ideal in any capacity. Um, I just I would be I'd be much more confident of Marcus Harris replacing Warner if he wasn't left-handed. I think um, Stuart Broad <laughs> has been the best bowler of the series, uh, and he is just fucking dominating left-handers across the world because uh, he bowls so accurately to them. Marcus Harris is coming in cold; he hasn't he hasn't played any cricket. Um, I've seen ideas of like Mitch Marsh opening the batting, Cam Green opening the batting. These guys have, up, well, sorry, Mitch Marsh has never opened the batting in any professional form of cricket, to my knowledge. He's batted three, obviously, in ODIs and T20s. Cam Green has opened the batting three times in his career. That was in an ODI and uh, three T20s in India. The, the idea is that these guys would open the batting and you'd sacrifice them. Travis Head's another one. Now, Travis Head opened the batting in India. He was facing Jadeja and Ashwin from ball one, right? And he wasn't facing, again, Stuart brought around the wicket. Would you sacrifice uh, Travis Head, who's been sensational, maybe Australia's best batter behind Kawaja for mm. the last two years with all these runs at five? Uh, why would you do that? I think... Um, David Warner hit 66 in the first innings at Lords, and he basically helped Australia not lose that game. Didn't, didn't win it, but not lose that game by not losing a wicket with Kawhi in the first two hours of the second Test match. I don't think it's ideal in any way that this is really the only option, but I think you're going to back David Warner again because I just think so many people in Australia have lost the game. They want to make about six different changes. This Australian team have lost four tests in like twenty four or five or something like that. They don't lose many games. They've lost they've lost a game away from home against a good team. Uh, I don't think you need to make that many changes. I don't think you need to open the batting with Manus. Um, I just think, like almost unfortunately, that the best of um, a bad uh, bad lot would be mm. to go with Warner again and back him. Especially, the lesser of the evils. Yes, yeah. thank you, yes. Uh, given that he got 66 in one test ago. I, I would, um, to like to go from out to in on it, I would say, and I will say, mm-hmm. that uh, at 2-1, Australia's approach to like England's cricket so far, as far as I can see, has been to play, is to play the, the tortoise to their hair. Right. To... Um, continue with its own plans and, and tactics to play kind of, you know, cl- clinical, precise cricket to ride the wave of their um, 
of their boundary hitting to try and um, play on their ego and to, uh, you know, hope for or to yeah, play for some of that recklessness which they have delivered on England and to then try and bury them with a little bit more uh, discipline and, and precision. Right. Uh, but as the series and, – and I think that's been the correct strategy to this point, you know, to play kind of um, – conservative in Australia's own way and Australia's own brand, right? And I think to this point, that's been the correct strategy. I mean, to take two games off England is like uh, Shangri-La areas Mm -hmm. at the start to to be 2-0 up. I'm just looking at the way England played in the third game. Like I said, I think they've tightened around, you know, some of that that waste. I think they're adjusting to the way Australia plays. Uh, And a couple of blokes who started the series a bit soft are coming into the series. Now every one of their batters has scored runs at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Warner uh, looked like the Warner against Stuart Broad of old yes. in that game. Yes. And I just feel like for the final two games, um, it would be a mistake for Australia to believe that it can continue with that particular strategy for the final two because I, th- I sense mm-hmm. that England is getting better and figuring out those parts of their game that, that have been a little bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. Uh I feel like the the moment calls for some kind of tactical or strategic boldness, for, you know, to ask England a question or two, or to change or to to knock England off balance a little bit. I feel like Australia is quite predictable in the way that it's going to set up. Uh, I'm not sure how that actually manifests. It's not a way from it's not a way of me saying that Warner has to be sacked or whatever. But I just don't. I just feel like. Australia has to surprise England in some way and because I feel like England's getting mm. their shit together. Again, I, I don't know how to finish that. Now, on the Just, Warner question. Yeah, you're also I, retiring him. If, it's, if, you, if yeah. you drop him, that's, that's his Well, career. the Warner question is it, it is a fascinating one. I think you ought to start by saying, like, anyone who is um, is saying or proposing that what they've got to say about it is, like, so obvious and clear on yeah, 100% yeah. Drop, um, yeah. immediately mm. needs to be um, put on a watch list. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is that it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a line, it's a bit of a line ball call. You know, there yeah, are good, there yeah, are good yeah, arguments yeah. either way because yeah. a lot of the alternatives to Warner are, are unproven, right? So you just, do, you just don't yeah. know. That's Red literally the, the nature yeah. of selections. But yeah. what I find really interesting about this selection is that mm-hmm. like, I think in test cricket with selections and I have been a selector for a long time. Of course. Yeah. Especially um, in, the top in, level. in test cricket. Yeah. Like a lot of selections always have carried within it a certain kind of um, uh, carved out piece of investment into the future. You, you're, you're mm. off, sometimes you might select a player who in that moment can't deliver as much as, the, um, as their opponent, but they might into the future. Yeah. Whereas just underpinning how big this, these games are, mm. it's a rare scenario where like this is like – you know, this isn't investment. This is like pure dividend selection. Right. Like this is like the, cra- you know, cradle to grave of Australian cricket from the time you go to Milo Blast, age five, <laughs> you know, in every single level of cricket. Yeah. It all ladders up to like the Australian team and this game. Yes. This particular Grand game. Final. There is no higher level to attain. There is no selection you can make so that these, this person might deliver when you need them later. Mm. Everything is about the need now. Yeah. Which is awesome. This shows how yeah. big the game is. And then so mm. now I am lining up like Warner, Harris, Head, Marsh, Green. Okay, Renshaw. let's just say Manus, Renshaw, and just going – who among you in this fucking one-off dividend selection is <laughs> yeah. scoring me runs? Yeah. 
Like who who is going to end with the most runs in this situation? All factors weighed in, and I'm kind of like I lean towards Warner because of the gravity of the situation. Like mm. I'm a very sort of don't write off a champion in the big moment mm. type person. Like I would be inclined. I, I'm I'd be less like look. He's averaging 14 and 25, and the numbers suggest it's not going to happen. Like this is a fucking one off dividend game. Mm. Um, could be wrong. Could just could could be wrong. And so I'm like, I, I give him one more Warner, and I think that like. I think people are underrating. I was there at Lords. That, that 66 in the first innings at Lords was um, worth a lot in mm. that first innings. Mm. Uh, he, he scored some runs at World Test Championship. He's he's unders now, and he's and he's on notice. But I, I'm giving him one more. I'm not. Um, it's funny because like if he if he if he plays this one <clears throat> and he fails, then you got to bring him and Australia lose. Yeah. Bring him, then there's another final. That you're yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. So that yeah. makes it com- complicated as look, well. I, I, and look. Um, that's that's the choice I would make, and it is it's flawed. There's numbers that make it flawed, mm. and then if he fails, you're like. But Australia knew this. Num- Australia knew this coming over to yeah, him as well. Yeah, you know? but I'm, I just I don't know. I, I I do think it gets into more, um, you know, in intuition areas, and it is also weighing up the alternatives. Like, look for me. Just to address it, a lot of people are like, "Look, Cameron Green could do it. Mitch Marsh could do it. I mean, no doubt. As in, they could put their gear on and walk yeah. out and bat. They be the first guys to walk out. Yeah, they walk yeah. out and they <laughs> hold their bat and brought a bowl. And you look, and yeah. they'll look like Test cricketers. Yeah, and they may score runs. I just, I have, um, I put a lot of uh, weight in the difficulty of opening the batting in England. In England, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd be inclined to replace him with someone who opens a batting, like which would be Harris, yeah. and and trusting the guys that you have hired, yeah. you know, to, to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's not easy. Well, that, You're playing well, a guessing that's, game. that's also where I lie on, I land on it as well. It's just like, like all the other options. It's like fundamentally, uh, and then you, then you get into the minutiae of like, he fields at one, he catches well, you know, like, the, I mean, that, that's like, that's a real 1% of gear mm. for me. I don't think he's going to get pits because he can catch the ball mm. at first slip, though England can't do mm. that at the moment. But, but also um, he's got a book to release. you got to factor that you in you got to well. factor in the book. Yeah, as well. Do you factor do you factor in like retiring a guy mid series as well? Does yeah, well then you, then you're getting into like yeah, you now you're into narrative. Then he releases he releases the book midway through the fourth test. Yeah, <laughs> and that would be good. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I come, think he's your captain. Come on, knocks on the door and goes, "Look, Davey, I've yeah. got to have a chat." He's like, "Do yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> what what about?" He's that? just inking. He's, yeah. he's inking a feather. <laughs> That's right. And he's also got a pendulum in front of Cummins. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that, yeah, the the Warner ones, um, the Warner ones, really difficult because on the other hand, you could sort of, you know, as somebody said to me recently, like on the other hand, all Stuart Broad needs to do is is give his hat to the umpire and say, right arm over round governor. Yep. Right arm round governor. He's from from South London now. <laughs> right arm round governor, and then Warner's out. So right, yeah. That was I was just sort of uh, that's what somebody else said, not me. Um, okay, so we talk about uh, Mitch Marsh and Cam Green then. Not sure if you saw, but uh, Mitch Marsh, 118 in the first innings, a couple of runs in the second dig as well, maybe a 20 or a 30 or something like that. Pretty big contribution in a low-scoring affair. Also got Zach Crawley out twice with the ball. Um, it seems like it's going to be really hard to keep out Mitch Marsh, but also Cam Green is Cam Green. Yeah, that's a good uh, And we know, we know about his size. Mm. So there's that as well. So, um, you know, like in my, uh, I was just, I was just thinking about like the, the, the team generally, and I was just, um, thinking about like, can you put, can you go all out seam attack and leave out Murphy, 
um, and then you also strengthen your batting that way. I don't know, maybe it's a little bit too fantasy stuff, but um, but it's it is an interesting one where like, can you leave out a guy who's just got a blistering hundred? He's got a good record in the Ashes. That being Mitch Marsh, can you can you leave him out? I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah, you just sort of you just don't name the team. You pick another guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a reading between the yeah. It's so, so funny with the selection discussion because there's a difference between what you want something to be and what is likely to happen. They yeah. always need to be divided. But yeah, reading between the lines of Cummins's comments and Andrew McDonald's comments and even um, Mitch Marsh's comments. Mm-hmm. I think Mitch Marsh almost uh, sort of put a line through the idea yeah. of playing two all rounders yeah. uh, straight away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got the impression from Cummins' comments that they may consider just bringing Green back in, that Green's their guy. Thanks, Mitch. You've done really well. We're going to stick with the team that we believe in, that, that we believe is our best team and, and has the highest upside. Yep. Uh, I, I wouldn't leave Marsh out. I just think that uh, – I think runs have been Australia's um, most kind of shaky prospect in the series and, and particularly at Headingley as well. So – a guy who's coming in and hitting 118, run a ball when everyone, you know, the score's 90 when he came in, mm. uh, when everyone else seems to be struggling around him. I don't think you can fuck with that too much. I also think, like, Cam Green's going to have heaps of time. His returns have been a bit a bit soft numbers-wise. Uh, some some helpful contributions, no, no doubt, and he's two metres tall. But his numbers... Good catching in the gully as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so, and like good all round, con- all round contribution. I mean, yes. he's the only guy in the history of cricket who's all, who can also tell their grandkids that um, I, um, I actually got Johnny Bairstow stumps bowling a hundred and forty k bouncer. Yeah, uh, that's a good stumping from Kerry. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's been missed that Green was, was Green it, gets that wicket. Was it keep up to the stumps? That, no, I don't, I don't worry about that. No, don't worry about it. I was just bowling one forty k at his lid and yeah. uh, got him stumped. Oh, so shot. just Kerry's a great keeper. Granddad, show us the footage. Oh, no, no, no. There is, there is footage. Yeah. Um, we watch it through our Google Glass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, yeah. yeah. Look, um, I yeah, I've, I've seen that. Like, for me, I think you got to pick Murphy and you got to back him, and you got to, and I think spin is helpful. You know, I, I think they should pick a spinner. I think you got to back your batters to score runs. But this is me personally. I think that a lot of the chat about bringing both, like bringing both Marsh and Green into the side, is is difficult. Uh, I, I don't think there's much upside to having two all-rounders who can bowl. I mean, England's innings are going for 80 overs anyway. I just don't think they need an extra seamer uh, in, in the side. No, so, no, no. But So if you are picking Marsh or Green or Marsh and Green, you're just saying to one of them, we believe that you're going to have a better return with the bat. This is that dividend selection than Warner. Yeah. You're just like, look, I just think you're going to do better than David Warner at the moment with the bat. Mm. I'm not, not sure that's really going to be the case. I would just pick Marsh and say to Cam Green, um, you know, you, your, your time will come, boy. I think it's it's also just a lesson that so many cricketers have at the top level where like they miss a game through um, you know injury or suspension or whatever and then the guy comes in he does really yeah. well and then you just got it's fucking licks mm. it's got to take your licks. licks guys come in it's got a hundred mm. I think I think you just have to you have to play him I, mm. I I I agree I agree but then again you know I've heard it said that uh, you know maybe maybe Bison you know just just takes the hundred in a losing side um, yeah. takes that with him onto the uh, in, into the circuit yeah, as well so that's right uh, yeah. Pez, uh, you know, I've seen so much love and support for Michael Nisa. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, like, it makes me want to push back on it because, <laughs> like, the overwhelming amount of support for a guy that has played two test matches, both of them in Adelaide, both pink ball test matches, um, that uh, has been usurped by four or five guys over the course of the time since he's been in the squad, just makes me think, like, 
there's got to be a reason for that. Like, and and, but then I don't want to come come across too harsh because I think he's first of all fucking ripping bloke by all reports, uh, and a really stable, excellent cricketer who will contribute. I think he came to the side; he's going to contribute. I just think like. People were like, nah, don't play Hazelwood, play Nisa. It's fucking just an enormous shout. Just an enormous shout. Like, nah, don't play Marshall Green. Nisa's your guy. It's like, he's played two test matches, both pink ball. Uh, he's playing county twos. So he's just scored 176 overnight. Uh, Mitch Swepson batting at 10, scored 70. Factored that into all the equations. Um, he he took a hat-trick. He took seven for 20-something in a game. Uh, outside of that, he's averaging 25, 26, 27 uh, in county twos. I, I just think, like, he's a great cricketer. He's been in the squad for ages. It's been a reason why he keeps getting overlooked. Um, and uh, I just think, call thy jets. Same chat with, um, should we get Maxwell on the side? Now now we're talking silliness into like, we've lost one game. Can we make entire sweeping changes? Can, can Michael Clark come back into the side, you know? Or strikes me a little bit of like just fantasy football stuff of like, uh, I came seventh in my fantasy Premier League squad in the office this year. I've got a bit of an idea about how the guys score points in the fantasy sport. Uh, uh, why will no one go to lunch with me? Is anyone going to go for a salad? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, like if I, you know, on – Game day at Old Trafford. If Nisa comes in um, on account of a like an, an injury to a player or yeah. something like that, mm. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, and, I'd, and, I'd be like, yeah, and okay. I'm like, yeah. uh, and, and I'm happy and I'm curious. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I think that it would be great to see whether you know, like, well, like Australians have always mythologized the English package. You know what I mean? Ter- yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, yeah? I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like. Your, your Terry Alderman, for example, mm. your Chris Rogers, who we're about to speak to, like the the English specialist. It's a it's a good uh, mm. it's a good package. It's a good feeling of safety. It's it sort of tingles. It's doona over you. It's a warm cup of you know um, tea or whatever your proclivity of tea is. Mm. Like, and, and I think Nisa is shaped that way. It's like it's it's some outswing. Mm. You know, it's um wile and guile with the seam. It's competitive with the bat in the lower order. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of the nearly the, the nearly bowling all rounder mm. at, at times. We've just seen um, wonderful hand holding man Chris Wokes yeah. take three for and three for that's true and ta- and make thirty odd not right uh, to win the game. It's yeah. Nice is your equivalent there, and so I think you know, like Wokes has it, played fifty test matches. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, I think people's I, gripes I, I about Nisa is that he should be picked. You know, that's not his sure, fault. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just I'm making the bull case for Nisa. It's like good cricketer comes in. I'm very happy with that uh, replacement, but I, I kind of share your sentiment as well of like the 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 online discourse is is getting into like um, I've collected me Panini stickers, you know, from the. <laughs> 80s and yeah. uh, and he's my guy like there's, there's a thing right. around there's a, there's a sort of an ownership thing going on and like I'd I'd like to cram my my favourite players into a side yeah um, Australia's short on runs so let's just have heaps of bats now but mm-hmm. uh, um, fruit bats but like yeah, yeah I mean I, I just think Nisa's um, Nisa's Nice is good backup. I think probably he's, not, he's a good probably backup. Probably not. Um, good backup. And if there's an injury, let's let's, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. him in. He's probably he's, he's cabs. He's yep. his cabs. Cabs at the rank. Yeah, yeah. Cabs at the rank. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. But I'm I'm going for Hazelwood before him, and I'm also not dropping a spinner for him mm. per, personally. Yeah. Right. I'm not. I'm not. You know, rearranging the house. Yeah. For 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 some Glamorgan that's, runs. That's exactly with respect. Yeah. With respect to him. Yeah. That's so exactly how I feel. Um, Maxwell. 
Maxwell's a, fu- a different one because, like, Maxwell is the great mistake and fuck up of our generation. That's true. You know? And yeah. so, and then he's in Warwickshire and you see it. So he's in the country. You see it scoring runs. Yeah. And it's a more viable option in the sense that, like, unlike Travis Head, like, he, he can perform a role bowling off spin in that kind of, you know, in the way that Australia won that game of Lords without, you know, really having a spinner. Uh, and, and, it, and it's and it's batting and it's changing the game and all that mm. kind of stuff. And mm. it also there's just this great, you know, when his career ends, it's just going to be this great um, lament from all of us that like the fucking rigid philosophies of Australian cricket, both tactically, strategically and socially and culturally have basically denied this generational talent. And yeah. so with him in Warwickshire and he's only, you know, a, a, a Vanti train, you know, mm. down the road mm. from Lancashire, you're like, oh, can we just have it? Can we just have a bit mm. of the thing that we missed? Mm. You know, we almost had this thing in our lives. Yeah. Now, like, he also would have been a red hot, sh- uh, red hot chance of playing in India in mm. one of those Test matches. Perhaps the game that Renshaw played, had he not snapped his leg over the yeah. Christmas period, you yeah. know, which is another yeah. great unfortunate, you know, happenstance mm. in the course of his career. We'll be like, again, we didn't quite get to see it. Mm. Uh, obviously, not to be confused with See It Tires, the the um, the company that sponsored India. We'll see ya. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's um that's just that's just what it is. But yeah, I don't know. I are guess they about, are they about to start a see it ties segment? <laughs> oh, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> but you know this is part of the thing where like everyone's so invested in the in the ashes, and this is sort of the beauty of like what we're what we're watching right now. People are so invested, so caring about. Um, Alex caring about how <laughs> how invested like, like oh, what's going to happen. Help us. <laughs> what's going to happen these next two Test matches? Can we can we um, you know get a dash of this? And a, like, we're all just like fucking um, scientists and, and chemists yeah. in a lab yeah. trying to create the perfect eleven cricketers. Yeah. Oh, well, I worked up. it out. I figured it out. Figured it out. When in reality, it's just you know can come out win a toss and can we bat when it's fucking sunny for a bit? <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> How much live grass is on the wicket and can yeah. the coin fall in our in our, in our favour? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Now to that end, Pez, can we just talk about England for a second? Because yeah. England have made no changes to their squad. Now the, the 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 biggest conversation there is about Bearstow and folks, right? Yeah. And I think uh, that the reason that folks isn't in the squad is actually down to Ben Stokes's fitness. Oh. Because okay, so Stokes is so Stokes can't bowl, right? I like this, he, he he can't bowl. Like he he is he is a broken man. Mm. Um, he is giving everything to the cause, and he has already contributed uh, one. I think one winning score in this game of eighty, and one nearly winning score of one hundred and fifty-five. Run in the series, uh, it's amazing. So, but without his um, without him being able to bowl, the balance of the side is then mixed. Now you saw Wokes's contribution; they basically played Wokes as the all rounder in this game. Uh, at uh, Headingley there. They basically make an equation that they need Bearstow's runs ahead of fo- – Bearstow's more likely to score runs than Folks, and then they sacrifice the, the wicket-keeping, and that's because of Stokes's lack of bowling. Because, I mean, then they have to play five specialist batters and five specialist bowlers and a keeper. Do you understand what I'm saying with the, with the, the, the mix of their team? If Folks is in the side, he is batting then uh, – what is he batting? Six. It's too high. You got Stokes at five. Uh, I think their reasons are simpler. Like I just think they see Johnny Best though as a very, very dangerous batter, and he could still prove to be the hero of the series. And I just think they have a like the England team has a massive someone will come off um, belief, yeah. which has basically been the case. And mm-hmm. they just see Best though as 
yet another player in their side who can win them a match with something extraordinary. And frankly, you know, like I, um, with like as an Australian fan, you know, like he's been, um, he's clearly, you know, struggling with his leg, with his keeping, and he's right. dropped lots of catches. And um, you know, just w- without wanting to put too fine a point on it, he's he's clearly not fit, you know, to look at. Yep. And uh, but but nevertheless, like I, as an Australian fan, I, I, I don't, I still. I still feel like he can do damage. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I, and I just think McCullum just backs it, and uh, and I think it's it's credit in the bank for what he was doing last year. And I just think he's he's a he's a totem spirit, you know, animal of their side, and they're just gonna keep backing him in. And you know, massive narrative that he does something mass like huge in the next couple of tests. Yep, that is true. That is true. Uh, Interesting one with uh, Jimmy Anderson coming up in the uh, the Old Trafford uh, Test match. There, mm. he's obviously could bowl it from his own end. Uh, he's obviously the uh, their best bowler of all time. Uh, but they won they won a Test match with a completely different lineup. Um, Stuart Broad is probably undroppable. He's had a he will have a nine day gap between Tests. He has been the leading wicket taker. He is uh, crucial. Mark Wood undroppable again. Uh, Wokes fantastic contribution this game. Uh, Moe and Alley back on the side as well, obviously mm. for the spin, yeah, and then you've spot. got then you've got uh, Robinson, Robinson, who had back spasms. I'm not sure if he's fit or not, but he's still he's remained in the squad, so I'm going to guess that he is. So then, uh, so then, what are you looking at there? You probably you're probably looking at Anderson for um, Robinson for Robinson, and then play the same if, side if they decide to do that. I think they yeah. rate Robinson very highly if yep. he's fit. I think yep. they, I think they like it. Mm. So mm. I, I I don't think they would be sentimental in terms of. Picking Anderson because they're at Old Trafford. No, 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 no. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Anderson is going to do something in the series as well. He's, he's got to. He can't, he's a pretty he can't, good player. Can't keep him down. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's talk to Chris Rogers, who is actually in LA at the moment, uh, getting throwdowns on, on Melrose um, <laughs> ahead of the <laughs> ahead of um, right in front of the Beverly Center. Um, uh, ahead of uh, Major League Cricket, but we asked him more questions about the most important series, Major League Cricket, no, uh, about the Ashes. But before then, Pez, we've got to thank our dear friends at Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com. Yep. Uh, where are my notes here? Jeez, I've, I've, lost me, I've lost me notes about Budgie Smuggler. Um, use the code GOODAREAS for free shipping at budgiesmuggler.com.au. As I said earlier, it skies out, thighs out stuff. Pez, you're wearing the Je Suis Ordinaire cap yeah, right now in a, barrel, in, a lovely, in a lovely in a lovely shade Scott of Bowen. white. Yeah, there he, there he is right there. Je Suis Ordinaire. Uh, there's also, um, there's also um, suns out, bums out. Um, yep. There's also there's also cheers, fellas. Cheers, fellas, as yeah, well. So that's, good, that's good lid. A variety. Uh, that'll be the AFP coming. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Talking about panini stickers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You picked who in your side? Mm. Michelle Platini. <laughs> I was so good at top trumps. Uh, but summer is here and that means no hat, no play kind of weather. Yeah. Uh, how many friends on, on Instagram you got at the moment uh, in Europe gallivanting around the continent? There's a, there's, there's a couple knocking around. I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to basically cut down on any of that cut kind down of your screen gear, time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it is, it's, it's that kind of time, isn't it? I tell you what, uh, I got I got I got a couple of people on just on just online. I've got people online. Do you? Uh, just like contracted, Tate. yeah. Um, who have uh, who are all over the place at the moment, and uh, it's mentally. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely rattled because uh, Stuart Broad said something to them once and they are absolutely rattled. Don't worry about that. Um, anyway, yeah, we're just talking about like uh, sort of uh, people being back out in the world and wearing sort of festive party shirts, yeah. you know, and obviously our, our summer's, you know, it'll come around the corner. It's only six months away from, uh, you know, being the festive season here or five mm. months indeed. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm just saying people should get around Budgie Smug if you want uh, some sort of festive gear, if you want party mm. shirts, if you want fun sort of hat wear. Mm. Indeed. Uh, use the code good areas uh and also before we speak to chris rogers it is brought to you indeed by shane watson winning the inner battle at shanewatson.au where you can buy winning the inner battle you can buy it on paperback audiobook or ebook you can buy it from anywhere in the world we've already told you who's given quotes for the front cover brett lee ricky ponting faf duplessis who said till this day i still use it before every game is faf playing in the mlc yeah he is he's at the, oh, he's at the texas yeah. super kings oh yeah so he's, 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 he's also he's captain back, so he's back with the csk franchise yeah that's right he's with bravo that's and right. that kind of gear. now we'll talk about major league cricket in a second but if you want to get shane watson's winning the year to battle go to shanewatson.au all right here he is Here's, here's Buck, here's Chris Rogers. You're looking at 2,000 test runs, 500s, 1450s, 25,000 first-class runs, 7,600s, Ashes home and away, deep knowledge of cricket in England. He's currently head coach of the Victorians men's team, so a number of his charges are involved in the Ashes. It's a great friend of the show, Chris Rogers. Buck, welcome back to The Great Cricketer. Hello, boys. As you know, Pez, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back here. That sounds so as, insincere. As, as you know. As you know. <laughs> as I know, it's a pleasure <laughs> yeah, yeah. for Chris Rogers to be on. <laughs> Look, you know, we have to start with the emotion before we get into the actual cricket. Like, are, are you swept up in this series um, like we are, or is it just all hands on deck for the unicorns? <laughs> uh, no, I had to, I had to download um, Willow TV, which I'd never heard of, but it was the only way you could stream um, the Ashes in – in uh in the states and uh that that chewed up my data pretty quickly but um yeah it's it's no it's been it's been incredible i i i think that the cricket in the the series versus india was was good but you know i felt a bit cheated because you know you get to kind of uh halfway through day three and the game's over so you know the, the fact that these games are going down to the wire i think that's what what test cricket's all about and and you know we've seen some incredible things um, both both good and bad, but uh, look, I think it's been you know it's been one of the best series that, that I can remember. I was I was fortunate enough to be in in the UK in two thousand and five, and and you know that that what that did for cricket um, in in the UK uh, was incredible, and and I think this is probably going to be very similar. Now, Buck, you're in and El- Australia and Australia, I suppose so. Buck, uh, you're in LA at the moment, and I know that because you just said. Because he just told us off air, but uh, has has cricket has and the Ashes just gripped the nation? Are you guys getting stopped in the streets <laughs> going through your team walks? Um, you know, you're going down, uh, you know, but the but the uh, but the boulevards there. Just talk us about uh, the 2009, 2013 when you were playing. Like, uh, can you tell us the vibe of cricket in the US right now? Oh yeah, I went down Hollywood Boulevard and there were just games of cricket just being broken out <laughs> everywhere, weren't there? Just all over the stars, but. Um, <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't have thought so. But uh, look, there's there's um, there's a big effort to push cricket in 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 America. Um, uh, there's got the the major league cricket that's that's starting next week, so um, that should be pretty exciting. So uh, I know you were joking there, Higo, but uh, but it would be good to get cricket over here. You know the the amount of talent, no doubt that that's here, but equally um, to broaden the game. 
Let's get back to the Ashes. Um, but, but, <laughs> two one. It's two one. Cummins denies that the momentum's with England by saying it's two one. I feel like the momentum's with England, and I played twos. Um, does does momentum matter? Do you, do you think England is coming? Uh, is England coming? Um, I think that they were pretty excited about uh, that that last test. So um, they might have thought that you know they've 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 found a little bit with with how that they can play against Australia, um, particularly with Wood. I, I think that that was a, a huge inclusion, but it's hard to say as we've seen throughout the series. I think that the the game is just going back back and forward so quickly. You know, every every session, every hour is 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 so important. So. I don't really think so. I, I think it could be, a, you know, that the, the luck of the toss, you know, whether you're, you're batting under grey skies, things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that so much. Um, just just the fact that it, they are such close games. Let's hope for two more of them. Uh, there's obviously a lot of talk at the moment, Buck, about the opening batting position. Dave Warner's been there for years and he scored 20-something test hundreds. He scored, he scored heaps of them. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, like, well, what about Mitch Marsh opening the batting? What about Cam Green? What about Travis Head? What about Marnus opening the batting? Basically anyone except for Davey, which seems pretty harsh. Glenn Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell on the side. Mm, yeah, can, can, can Nisa open the batting? Mm. Um, <laughs> can, you, uh, can you describe how specialist a position that is open the batting in England especially when like uh, basically no one averages above 40 in that country. You had a great record there for the couple of series that you, that you played there, not just with Middlesex, but we're obviously playing for Australia, but how specialist that job is opening the batting in England against the Duke. Oh, look, it's probably the, the, the toughest job in the game. I would have thought um, he go, but no, no, seriously. It's, um, um, look, it, it is a challenge, no doubt. Uh, you know, I think, if I look at someone like Uzi, I, I think he's, you know, he's at the back end of his career. He understands his skill. He's, he's played a lot of county cricket as well. So I think that that counts for a lot. Um, just the nuances of, of, of playing the Duke's ball in those conditions. Um, so it's tricky. You know, you, you put someone up there, uh, you know, who's a bit fresh to that role. I, you know, I wouldn't, you wouldn't expect them to succeed. You, you, you'd accept the fact that they, they were probably going to struggle there as well. So it's an interesting one. Davey obviously isn't isn't you know playing um, the role as as well as you know he would have liked, but perhaps others would have liked as well. So yeah, it's a it's a big challenge for for Australia because what do they do? You know they, they've they've brought over um, two specialist openers as well who who are sitting in the background um, in, in Harris and, and Renshaw, and all of a sudden the chat's probably more around oh you know how can we fit um marsh in and do we do we open with head or do we go with mitch marsh at the top or whatever so i think the selectors are in a you know a bit of a bind here it's it's a it's a bit of a tough um challenge and 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 no one has a crystal ball so you know whatever that choice they make they're going to be you know crossing their fingers as well but i I personally think that davy's probably going to get one more go i I think that you know they don't really want mitch marsh to be going up the top they like what he he did, you know, down in the middle order. Um, so so what do you do? How do you, how do you kind of keep that going? So for me, probably they might think of of leaving Green out, but that's a big call as well. Just for, I mean, you say no one has a crystal ball, and a lot of people on Twitter have a crystal ball. So I'd, I'd sort of <laughs> push back against that from you. But um, 
What do you make of what well, one of the defenses of um, potentially selecting Warner is the idea that he's been involved in 50 plus opening stands, like in, in opening partnerships. So uh, as somebody who has been involved in opening partnerships, because that seems to be given kind of more weight than any other partnership, like, is that a material thing or is, is Warner now, you know, potentially getting selected because Uzi's seeing them well, you know, like, um, and I don't mean that facetiously, like does, does, does the opening partnership actually matter? Is that, a, is that a factor in Warner's favor to you? Um, it's a great stat when it's in your favor. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. So, um, yeah, look, I, I do think that, you know, opening partners tend to tend to get this kind of, um, relationship where they, they feed off each other. Well, they, they, they share the strike. Um, they can, they can kind of read the game a little bit for each other as well. Um, I mean, for, for me, there was always, you know, there was a couple who, I, you know, I really enjoyed opening, opening the batting with, um, and, and there was that familiarity as well. So, there's those kind of things. How much weight do you, do you put towards that? I don't know. How long's a piece of string? It's 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 just a it's a difficult question. Um, you know, I, I think one you know one of your favourites, Eddie Cowan. I, I heard talking about Travis Head at, at at the at the top. You know that possibly isn't the worst uh, worst scenario either because you know that 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 would then put England in a bit of a you know a bit of a tricky situation whether they they do use the bouncer and and with the new ball or do they keep pitching it up? Those, those kind of things as well. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot uh, for the selectors to to think about there. Um, just a tricky situation. I guess, I guess they, they were hoping that, that Davey would, you know, would somehow play to his potential, but it, but it hasn't gone his way. So, so what do they do now? And you see a world buck where, Australia play Green and Marsh and Hazelwood and Cummins and Stark and, and leave out Todd Murphy, given I understand that Old Trafford traditionally spins, but I feel like these wickets are made specifically for the test matches and what England want rather than what like Lancashire want, for example. Like, can you see a world where they bat all the way, like uh, then Kerry would be at eight, for instance. Can you see a world where they would leave out a spinner? I mean, they basically won the Lord's test match without a spinner given, given Nathan Lyon was injured for that game. So c- can you see that happening or must play Todd? Well, I think there's people on Twitter saying that um, that's the side and Nisa as well. So, you know, why don't you go with, with six or seven of them? But um, I play with seven it, strikers on FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. Cause the other thing to, to think about here is, is old Trafford. Um hmm. And that that has a bit of a history that that it can spin. You know, it it, it can be pretty good to bat on. It, it, from from memory, um, in in two thousand and thirteen, that was you know absolutely flat as a tack. So, um, you know, then it, then I think I, I I listened to an interview with Andrew McDonald, and and he didn't like the idea of of um, really just kind of having that that one style of bowling. So, um, I, I would dare say that they would still probably pick a spinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it's just you know trying to find the kind of four bowlers who can who can bowl fast medium around that and and what the balance is there. From from memory, you made eighty four in that game. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> missed out. I was fifty or forty seven too. If if, if you want to you know point out that. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of a lot of emotion in this series, Buck. Like, uh, you know, because it's Australia and England, there's a lot of tribal stuff, a lot of like ideological stuff around baseball, a lot of spirit of cricket stuff. But like beneath that, there's like you know strategic and tactical 
cricket challenges for Australia and England? Like as a coach and longtime captain, how do you how would you like deconstruct Basball, like get into the war room with 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 Ronnie McDonald. Like, are, are there different ways Australia might set up to beat it, or do you think they've got the the posture right? There was a, a, a psychologist, Stephen Sylvester, who who um, used to work at Middlesex, and and um, I, I I really enjoyed listening to him. He, he would he would say things to me like, mate, watching you bat is better than sex. And I was like, well, I don't think you're doing it right. But that's a different that's a different conversation. Um, but uh, the one thing he did, he did used to say to me was um, was he loved the way that I fought fire with water. That was his thing. That was that was to me he used to say, mate, I love it. You know, you, you, that's how you go about it. Other guys, they try and fight fire with fire. And and in this scenario, I, I think um, – yeah, like Australia have come in, they've, they've said, well, they're going to be on the attack playing high-risk cricket the whole time. So we're, we're just going to defend. We're just going to hang in and let them make the mistakes. So um, that's that's the scenario they've gone from ball one, you know, I think from the, that that first um, test, they had they had sweepers on the boundary um, as well. So that's their whole model, motto, I think, you know, that, that they're going to fight fire with water. Um, it's just whether, you know, is there times where you can kind of, adjust that adapt it you know is there different players you can you can be a bit more aggressive with and that's for them to have those conversations so whether they've got the the tactics 100 percent right who knows once again no one is a crystal ball but um yeah i think that that's what they've gone with i just want to ask you about facing Stuart broad i don't know i don't know i'm sorry i don't remember when he first started to go around the wicket to left handers it might have been after you played against him, Buck. Like, um, but just looking at some because I saw a, a montage of Warner's seventeen times out against uh, Stuart Broad. Right, I'm going to ask about Stuart Broad rather than Warner. But just like some of the balls that Warner are uh, the Broad bowls, it's like that's getting that's getting heaps of guys out. Like it's just putting it in that sort of corridor. Some will nip in, some will go away. It almost seems inevitable. Can you explain when Stuart Broad gets the vibe going, he's wearing the crowd up, and he's running at you with limbs, and you're a left hander, like? what that competition is like in your brain? Yeah, I found him the hardest of, of the two. I, I think Anderson is, is yeah, he's so perfect almost that um, a lot of his cues you, you can pick up if, if you're good enough, if, if you, if you've played that, those kind of bowlers enough, I think, you know, you, for instance, the, the ball, I was a left-hander. So the ball kind of swinging in, it, it would be, you know, this perfect, upright seam that was angled towards um, leg slip and the ball that was going away would be kind of angled towards first slip. And and so, and the ball would seem the way it swung for, for whatever reason, that was, that was uh, the thing I found with him. It, with Broad, he, he'd kind of, he'd almost look like he was bowling leg cutters um, to the right-hander and, and they'd kind of come out and, and, and some would swing away and some would kind of nip back at you. So it, it was just, it was a nightmare to, to line up. And and actually, I think he, you know, for me, when he was over the wicket, it wasn't too bad. He came around the wicket and then I really struggled for a while. I, I had to find some answers for him. He was probably, um, apart from Graham Swan's full tosses, he was the biggest challenge <laughs> I, I had in the, in in those series. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he, I find him, yeah, he was, he was, the toughest one to to pick up and and to to the left handers it just has that that natural shape that it can look like it's coming in and then just nip away and 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 it's almost unplayable but you did manage to find some answers though as well right sort of 
figured it out in a couple of games. Yeah, uh, I had a bit of luck along the way. I think um, Pez, yeah, couple couple of scores. <laughs> it's unfair of me. <laughs> uh, just a look, final, final one from me. Um, he goes mentioned uh, Todd Murphy before, and you know whether he gets axed so that people on Twitter can have their fantasy cricket um, team of batters going all the way down. But like, um, <laughs> you know, you coach Todd, uh, uh, head coach of Victoria uh, men's team. How do you think he will be? You know, viewing the the challenge, you know, of uh, of the next two games, they're basically. There's no bigger grand final apart from the World Test Championship, which is the actual grand final. That was a warm-up, uh, was a warm-up, warm-up to the yeah. to the Ashes, <laughs> which is preparing for the World Test Championship. But uh, yeah, like how would he, as twenty two year old off spinner facing a couple of you know demons, um, as as in from England cricketers, like how's he going to be looking at the challenge over the next two tests? Oh, I, I don't think you'll have a problem with that. I, I've been you know almost. That first game for him, he probably just needed to get it out of the way, and and he didn't, you know, he didn't he didn't really bowl at a at a at a great time. Um, I think maybe he was a bit too defensive. Um, he bowled a little bit uh, with the square seam, tried to slide him through a, a little bit, and didn't back himself to bowl and try and beat him in the air with with a bit more topspin. So, um, yeah, I th- I think that there'll be people, you know, in his corner that that that'll be helping him through that. I mean, he, he won't have all the answers. Um, as yet, he's only 22, so you'd expect um, him to be in the background, kind of uh, talking to, to to the people he he um, he needs to talk to. And 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 if he got that chance again, I you know I think that there'll there'll be a bit of a, a different version as well. But the great thing about him is he's um, he's a very quick learner. So um, I've no doubt that you know if he got that opportunity again, he'd he'd, he'd hold himself well. Chris Rogers, thanks so much for joining us, mate. I hope that wasn't too uh, painful for you. Uh, and, um, you know, all the best with the unicorns, uh, the, big, the, the big cricket going on that starts tomorrow at Grand Prairie, I think. Um, yeah, before I go, just there was a couple of things. I really enjoyed your last show. Um, Pez, I, I enjoyed you quoting scripture. That that got me really excited. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Um, oh, no. uh, here you go. Here you go, mate. What about when you were dropping the fact that you you know you've got the Aussie players on on your phone on speed dial and you know going out drinking with them as well? Uh, you've come a long way, mate. <laughs> the other notes Pez, and Pez, when you when you were talking about you know Johnny Bairstow getting a psychological advantage by walking out of his crease quickly. I mean, Christ <laughs> Almighty, what was that? <laughs> Fuck, thanks for passing on those numbers, thanks. by the way. Um, <laughs> so I could text them. <laughs> sorry, sorry, boys. I couldn't help myself. No, it's good. That's good. Uh, thanks so, so much for joining us, mate. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much to Buck for his time. Um, okay, Pez, I want to talk about the women's ashes, <clears throat> where the score is now 6 6 to Australia. Sorry, 6 6 to Australia. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess it sort of is because England need to win the last two games now. Um, England uh, became the first team in six years to win. Um, to win a T20 series against Australia. So obviously the format of the Ashes is one test, three T20s, three ODIs. Australia won the first T20, but with one ball to spare, thanks to Beth Mooney, I think it was in um, from memory. 
England then won the next two T20s. Uh, we, the last time we spoke, they just played the second T20. The third T20 was at Lords the other night. That was rain-affected. <clears throat> Australia made 155 for seven. Mooney, Perry and Gardner all made 30s. And England made 121, the Duckworth-Lewis score, with four balls to spare. Alice Capsey, who had, uh, I think she scored 17 runs from previous five innings, scored 46 off 23. Nat Siverbrunt made 25 and Danny White made 26. So that made the uh, the score in the Ashes 6-4. to four. Now, before the series started, England was saying that T20s are their best format. Elisa Healy obviously said, you know, we're allowed to lose games of cricket. We didn't like that, obviously. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then so you're thinking, okay, well, if they're going to win games, then, you know, a T20 might have been in play because that's, that's England's best format. Now, they went back-to-back. They've obviously beat Australia in that series, first time in six years since 2017, as I said. Now, we're coming into the ODIs. Now, Australia just fucking unbeatable in ODIs. They're in the midst of an a 15-game winning streak in ODIs. Yeah. The ODI last night was in Bristol. Australia batted first. They made 263 for eight, thanks to Beth Mooney's 81 red. Elise Perry made 41. And then in England, chased that down with seven balls to spare, mm. eight down. Mm. Um, Heather Knight made 75 red. Mm. Beaumont made 47. There was also another 40 in there. I can't think mm. from who from um, top of my head. Kate Cross, 19 not. Kate 11, Cross. So Australia goals. had them eight down. They needed 29 or 30 to win. Kate Cross comes in, started like doing like – Scooping and that. Scooping, down the ground, mm, slog sweeps. Very concerning. 19 off 20. Um, I, watching this, Pez, uh, I was concerned because England have won three games in a row for a team that has almost never lost a game. England aren't even playing that well. And I genuinely mean that. England in this game dropped seven or eight catches. Um, the batting is the batting has been fine, but Australia's bowling up top with the seamers has been fucking pumped. They they're getting pumped. Uh, in the in the last T twenty, Australia's fielding was actually pretty decent. And you notice that always when Australia plays the women's, how much better Australia's fielding is than the other teams. They dropped a couple of catches last night, but not as many not as many as seven or eight, whatever England dropped. Soph Eccleston took an absolute screamer uh, overhead at mid-off, uh, which was a good grab. But apart from that, England's fielding was poor. But, I mean, England aren't even playing that well. And I just got the feeling like there's, there's, there's something not right in the Australian camp. I, 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 I don't know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> I, but, like, the, the bowling is off. England can't be good. No, England are playing fine. But, like, mm. winning a game against Australia who never lose game and you drop eight catches, mm, something ain't right. And now there's two games left, two ODIs left. And Australia remains, still need to just win one of those two games to retain the Ashes. They'll finish on eight points. Uh, and then it'll be 8-8 eight, eight if England win the one of the last two games as well. But uh, it's um, – it's, I've, I've never seen it before from this Australian team. Yeah. Uh, they haven't lost three games in a row since 2016. Wow. So – Seven years. Seven years. And it's just basically the same players. Mm. Obviously missing a couple, but – yeah, I like uh, – there was a moment in the men's and women's Ashes series combined where Australia had won the first two tests and the women had won the test in the first yes. T20. Right. So it was just um, everything was coming up Australia. We and won then, four or four. Yep, four or four. And then England have just won the last four mm-hmm. men's and women's combined. Mm. And uh, That's good for the game. Is it great? It's great. <laughs> you know what I say? Fuck the game. Mate, here we go. I'll say this to you off air. I've got no problem saying it. I I don't mean to like be on a you know some kind of um, progressive high horse here, but like combine men's and women's ashes. Why not? 
I'm getting up at the Fre- Festival of Dangerous Ideas <laughs> and talking through this and multi okay. and multi format. Okay. I mean, we've already seen through the week uh, the MCC committee have um, have got together all the big wigs, you know, and, and and just said, "Well, we've got to cut ODIs. Put your foot through it. We're gonna fuck them away. We've got to fuck them off. Yeah, uh, except for World Cups and shit, right? Because there's heaps of coin there. Bit of bounce. I just, you know, like I, like I, I'm I'm getting into this. Uh, the, the women's ashes. I mean, this is like from from an England perspective. This is this is sort of, uh, and I um, I appreciate the um, inappropriateness of the male comparison, but uh, it, it's it's O five esque in terms of what turnaround we might be looking at. Because because I'm I'm watching these games and I'm looking at the home side looking like a better team, and I don't. It doesn't make sense to my eyes. Sure, which is exactly how I felt in two thousand and five. I'm like, when is this going to be arrested? Mm-hmm. You know, when is this going to be stopped? When will our reverse- players turn up and start playing? That's right. When will they do the things that I'm used to, you know, them doing? Because once something is perfectly set one way, that's how it will be forever. Yes. Right? Yes. So, you know, it is – and the reason I'm saying that the combined one is because, that's, you know, the England could be looking at a double open top bus parade. <sighs> I'm not, I'm not ready for that's that. That's what I'm saying. Like, Trafalgar Square is getting renovated at the moment. At I the, can't handle that. Are we right now as Australians – and I'm just expressing my own fear here. Okay. Are we at the very, very – Peak. Well, I mean, I suppose we would have been when we won the two tests and then in the, the women had won theirs as well. Yeah. The very top of what test cricket will ever offer us, that everything is downhill from here, every single thing. Because Do you know why I cement, think that's the case? Uh, cement company owners ain't changing what they're doing after this Ashes. The series. reason I think that's the case because we're 37. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, like, usually the thing that you love the most and the best thing you've ever seen when you're a child. For now, yeah. <laughs> and so the fact that, that, the fact that it's this good and we're adult men – yeah. And we'll be trialed as so. <laughs> <laughs> tried. We've been tried, tried, trialed. So it's a two, no, it's so a two just, three tries. Just, yeah, and we'd be tried as so. It's a two, three, it's a two, three, <laughs> possibles, probables. That's right. Well, there's one or two ones by, so it's a sort of, it's like a ones thing as well. Oh, I'm there and thereabouts. Mm. Uh, I think I think that's what we're looking at. You know, like football fans in England often talk about the, 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 the peak of their life was when, Kieran Trippier curled that free kick in mm. against Croatia and they were winning. They were winning the World Cup yeah. and it was summer and there was fucking lagers being thrown up in the air in, in parks on big screens watching the football. And mm. I was thinking, we're going to do it. Football mm. is coming home. And then obviously it fell, fell apart mm. uh, as it often because does. Because the home of football is England. That's the good, right. The good guys win. The good guys the win. The good yeah. guys prevail. Yes. Yeah. So uh, are we looking at right now with Australia – Still, um, you know, from an Australian perspective, ahead, Where two Australia's one ahead. Australia's winning in the men's and the women's. Yes. They're winning. They're winning. Someone walks into a room, who's winning? Yeah. Australia. Australia. Yeah. But we're sort of sitting here going, yeah, but not in the manner that I want. Yeah. It doesn't have the correct manner, rhythms, momentum that, I'm, the, uh, that I've become accustomed the to. The men haven't clean swept <laughs> and nor have the How women. How was the sweeping? Was it clean? <laughs> Did they get it done in 14 days? <laughs> But now you, about that a, was a short ball tactic. Eight eight days ago, we were planning ticker tape parades. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing and now, it. And now yeah. they lose yeah. one game quite close, and mm. we were thinking, mm, how does Maxwell fit into this equation? <laughs> That's right. Do you bat him ahead of Kerry or, or eight? <laughs> does, does Kerry come can, in ahead of him? Can we exhume Bradman? Mm. Was he frozen like Walt Disney? Mm. Can we unfreeze Bradman? This has made 176 reso, yeah, sort of the length of the, the, length of the, mm. yeah, the order there. I saw, I saw Pukowski score 100 for Weybridge <laughs> in the Surrey Prem the other day. Is he available? <laughs> they did bowl short to him. <laughs> they bowled short to him. We, we could say that from a live show. I don't think Puck would mind, but uh, one of the RCGCs we've got at Union Chapel was, was a bloke standing up in the 
you know, like in the rafters in the, in the second level of the chapter house, you know, yeah. Union <laughs> Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're playing against Pekofsky on the weekend. Should we bowl short? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah. that just that was like, oh, I'll get you to play against Pekofsky, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I actually had a look at his stats the other day. Just yeah. going through and he has, how, is he hitting How's he hitting them? He's, he, has, he has got a few runs. But I mean, going to his Instagram, he's like, he's having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> he's having a good time. Like hundreds and stuff or what? He has got, he's got a hundred. Well, yeah. let's bring him in. Yeah. For Warner. I mean, yeah. he's there. Yeah. You know? He's 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 one of my favourite players. Yeah. Yeah. He what? could open with Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said to Buck and you said, I play FIFA with seven strikers. <laughs> yeah. Just get them all on the pitch. Yeah. That's police people's enjoyment of the game. Uh West Hey, that's well done, England the England women, by the way, and I'm um and we're afraid and uh you know, just fix it up. Fix it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just fix it up. <laughs> West Indies against India. Ah, uh, uh, the big one. Now, talking about an absolute fucking bloodbath. Uh, yeah, how's that finished? They're playing in uh, Dominica, I think it is. Now, West Indies are all out for 150 on day one. Ashwin mm-hmm. uh, took five for 60 and Jadeja took three for 26. So oh Alexa took God. eight for again. India, when I checked before, were none for 80. Uh, Jaiswal, who's playing his uh, debut test, he was on 40 red. And Rohit Sharma, the captain, is on 30 red. Um yeah, Shubman, Shubman Gill um, is batting three. Yeah. Uh, so he, and that's because uh, Rohit said that that's because he wanted to bat three. He chose to bat three. Uh, so it could be something there for the future. Uh, Virat's at four. I saw uh, Rahane's at five. And that would mean that's – who's the keeper? I actually haven't looked – Kishan. Kishan Kishan. Kishan Kishan's in the side yep. as well. Okay. Yep. That, that's a, seven. That's cool. Um, so that's what we're looking at there. Uh, India almost won on first innings uh, after one day. Um, I know Harsha said he was like he thinks as that that's Gill's position three like three. That, so we're we're looking at sort of Gill the coming man the yep. new generational player in India at three. I got to tell you, man. Like uh, we're about to talk about the good cricket, player. We're talking about the cricket World Cup qualifiers, but I mean, so much of the story is about the West Indies now. They are about to be absolutely fucking dominated by India. Now, there's no shame in that. Uh, away from home, but they obviously have not made the world uh, the World Cup uh, in India later this year. Just worried about like. What the fuck is going to happen if, if and when that team comes out to Australia? It's obviously a hard place to come anyway. But like, what kind of team they're going to roll out? And you know, we got a big old summer of introspection in Australia. Yeah. No one wants to talk about it because at the moment we're under our covers, as I've said before, playing our little Warhammer games, going, "Yeah, I love this cricket," and it's good. Yep. But once that finishes. You know, the, the dust settles on, and, the, on the ashes. And the reality of what Test cricket is. What's well, the thing become. with England again? Like they, they win the, you know, like if they win, Test cricket survives. They did the same shit in 1882. They said, like they, they, you know, Fred Spofforth went through them, took seven for it at the over while English cricket died. Yeah. Well, why, why is it if they lose, everything dies? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, what were we saying? Uh, yeah, well, no, genuinely what we're saying. <laughs> I, I, I went off on it. Oh, we're just talking um, about um, West Indies. It's going to be Yeah, trouble. you know, I, I think after this um, after this UK summer, there's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look grim, this Australian summer. It's going to be looking grim. Yes. And, and that's a systemic issue that, that the West Indies will, you know, be shining the spotlight on us. What is happening right now in the UK with the cricket that's being played there is not the reality. Mm. The reality. But let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Hey, let's Poignant. enjoy it. Yep. Especially right now at the current scoreline. Yep. 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 Stop it here now. Yep. Stop now. Yep. So the Cricket World Cup qualifies. Um, <laughs> uh, Sri Lanka and the Netherlands will be the final two teams joining the other eight already qualified in the ODI World Cup in India later this year. What do you want to say? So just a parenthesis quickly. I just wanted to read this out from um, 
from um, my favourite Twitter account, Johns, uh, from India, West Indies. Uh, click, like, crazy click, John, crazy click Crazy Johns. Crazy yeah. uh, Picture of Ashwin just says, Ravi Chandran Ashwin becomes the first Indian bowler to take the wicket of father and son in yeah. tests. History yeah. created by Ashwin. Yeah. So there's also three other guys that have already got um, chan- both Chandler balls out. Stark was one. Yeah. And Harmer. First yeah. of that, well, he's the, the other first one. Indian though. History first created, Indian. history created by Ashwin. Yep, yep. Carry on. <laughs> okay, the Cricket World Cup qualifiers. Uh, so yeah, the Netherlands are joining Sri Lanka, um, and they're, they're the final two teams that will join the other eight uh, already qualified for the World Cup. Uh, so in the match, so basically it all came down to one match where Scotland were playing the Netherlands. The Netherlands needed to uh, win and then beat Scotland's run rate to get to qualify. So, so Sri Lanka were already qualified, and then Scotland was second, and Netherlands were third, basically. So Scotland butted first in the, in the match, and they made nine for two, seven, seven. Buster Lead took his first ODI Fifer with five for 52 to keep Scotland at 277. Now, the Netherlands needed to win inside 44 overs to trump Scotland's run rate. They chased that down in 42.5 overs, six downs. They did it with seven balls essentially to spare. Thanks to Buster Leeds' first ODI 100, he hit 123 off 92 balls. He was out with about two runs to win, I think it was. He's the fourth player ever to score 100 and take five for in a men's ODI. The other three, Paul Collingwood was one, Viv Richards was one, and I think it was another guy from the UAE whose name escapes me. Um, so those are the four that have ever taken a five for and scored a hundred. Um, when he came in, they were in all sorts of trouble. Um, and so anyway, Netherlands have uh, Netherlands did it. Uh, so now Netherlands are in to the World Cup, their first World Cup, I think since 2013, something like that. Uh, and obviously Sri Lanka are, are usually there, but um, yeah, Western is nowhere to be seen. Uh, Zimbabwe unfortunately missed out as well uh, due to net run rate. It is, it is amazing to think that it was between the Netherlands and Scotland for that other spot, you know, yep. to go through with Sri Lanka. I also get the impression that... Um, the, those um, non-full member nations were not meant to make it. You know, you look yes. at all the, sh- the scheduling heading up to the World Cup, like Netherlands don't, ain't got a game so against the, anybody. The Netherlands, um, half their team were playing county cricket, so they didn't even turn up to this. <laughs> might, might be available for the World Cup, though. Have a look they got a good lead, Netherlands. They got a good crest, Netherlands cricket. Like I'm, just keen, I'm just keen on the colour. Oh, fuck, how good is fucking Netherlands colour? Yeah, it's really yeah, It's good. a World Cup really football good. cricket, yeah. What's the name of the guy... Um, is it Max something? Max, uh, opening batter, Netherlands. Oh, <laughs> it's beyond me. It's going on my head. Be careful about some sirens going again. <laughs> I'm thinking, can he open the batting for Australia in the Ashes? <laughs> He's my favourite player. <laughs> now, Fez, you alluded to this earlier before, but the MCC has advised removing all bilateral ODI series except for the year preceding a World Cup. So ODI's in the bin. Uh, which is something. Um, I'm actually just reminded that Ben Stokes has retired from ODIs unless he wants to play the World Cup. Yeah, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Major League Cricket, which starts Friday morning Australia time. That's actually tomorrow. What day is it today? Thursday? Yeah, t- tomorrow morning. Do you morning. like that? Like, we just get binning ODIs, by the way. Like, what, how, does, how does that sit with you? Do you know what, mate? Knowing I, everything that you know. I know, I know a lot. I, I love an ODI World Cup. I really enjoyed the last one in 2019. The one in 2015, it was obviously out here. I think I was still playing, so I didn't really care about cricket or watch mm-hmm. it. A different thing. You're in yeah, a different state of mind. Exactly. A criminal state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was embezzling funds through the through the club. 
in 2015. Is your club a real club if someone hasn't tried to embezzle funds? No. That's a question I've I've long wanted answered. No. If your club hasn't been the subject of embezzlement at some point in its history, then it hasn't really emerged as a club. Every club needs an embezzler. I've always said that. Need a super pig and an embezzler. We used to do a bit called the 10 people you'll regrettably find at your local cricket club. We could update that. Yeah. You need at that's least two. one person with an enormous, a comically large penis. Yeah, and that's a bezler, three. That's a three. Super pig. A super pig. An autist. Yes. Um, a functional alcoholic. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's I, five. If, if not, if not a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Unless if you don't have one, what are we? What is this? <laughs> We're from the Alcoholics Anonymous yeah. Club. <laughs> um, a with scorer, respect. not related to anyone in the side, with questionable morals. Yeah, but that's that, that's impinging on the first one we had because we we had, we had the sort of unscrupulous volunteer, didn't we? I was oh, club volunteer, club volunteer, yeah, unscrupulous volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> that's five. Yeah, that's yeah. anyway, I'm just saying. You, you said, it, yeah, that's so what you were doing in 2015. You were about to retire, and you figure oh, it's one thing. You have your checkbox of things you haven't you haven't finished mm. in the game. You mm. know, like. Mm. Uh, you know, oh, I want to score a hundred in you know right. third grade, yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and I also want to see if I can embezzle yeah. funds from my I club. Also, I also want to buy a yacht. <laughs> well, that's a rich club. <laughs> oh, I want to embezzle funds to buy alcohol from the bottle shop across the road. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get the funds for these, Sammy? Don't you worry. Woodstock, anyone? It's cr- crumpled up twenties from player Rego. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Major League Cricket. Oh, yeah. Starts Friday morning Australia time. Um, yeah. So it's a 19-game tournament from July 13 to July 30 is the final. Here are your teams. Los Angeles Knight Riders, MI New York. Doesn't make sense. San Francisco Unicorns, Seattle Orcas, Texas Super Kings, and Washington Freedom. The two Australian-affiliated sides, the Washington Freedom, that is the New South Wales one, and then the San, the San Francisco Unicorns are, are linked with Cricket Victoria. Uh, there are two venues. The first eight league games will be held at Grand Prairie Stadium in Texas before the teams move to Church Street Park Stadium in Morrisville for the next seven outings. The playoffs will be staged back at Grand Prairie again. Uh, Grand Prairie is a former baseball park and was redeveloped into a cricket stadium in 2022. The new stadium has a capacity of close to 7,000. The other venue at Church Street Park uh, in Morrisville, that's in North Carolina, that has a capacity of about half that, so 3,500, which can be expanded up to 5,000. So the players involved, Los Angeles have Jason Roy, Sanil Narine, and Andre Russell. Uh, that is the the Knight Riders. So Sanil Narine and Andre Russell are now linked to like four different uh, Knight Riders franchises. Obviously, Jason Roy opened the batting uh, this year for the um, – Kolkata. Kolkata Knight Riders, thank you. So New York have Rashid Khan, Trent Bolt, and Kyron Pollard. San Fran have Aaron Finch, Marcus Stoinis, and Corey Anderson, the Kiwi. Texas have Faf Duplessis, Devin Conway, and David Miller. Faf Duplessis and Devin Conway, obviously, uh, uh, sorry, no, sorry, Devin, Devin Conway was playing for the um, the Chennai Super Kings and just mm. won the tournament. Faf Duplessis has a history with Chennai. Texas Super Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get behind that. The Super Boars. <laughs> Uh, and Seattle have Quentin de Kock, Shimron Hetmeyer, Imad Wazim, and Sikanda Raza. And Washington have uh, Hasaranga, Anrik Norkier, and Marco Janssen. The first game tomorrow is the Texas Super Kings against the LA Knight Riders. Um, 
there is some interest in this because the players are like just listen, just listen to the players there. That's better than the big bash. Yeah, um, sorry. It's already and high quality. They are owned though. So of the how many teams are they? One, two, three, four, five, six teams. Four of them are owned by IPL franchises. Um, that being LA, New York, uh, Texas, uh, and C- uh, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle's Delhi. Right, right, right. So uh, there's interest in it because, like, I think cricket has been attempted to uh, cricket has attempted to break into America numerous times over the, the course of the you know. Haven't we all? Recent decades, indeed. But um, this feels like a really significant push, what with the Olympics there coming up, of course, uh, and also just um, now IPL teams getting into America. So it seems it seems like a significant push. What that tournament's going to look like, we understand that the stadium is tiny, uh, the, as in the ground the ground itself is tiny. No one knows what the wickets are going to be like, uh, the quality of those wickets, who's making the wickets. Uh, I mean, I guess someone knows, someone knows who's doing it because it's someone's job, but uh, it's... Um, <laughs> no one knows. That would be a problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> made the wicket. That's right. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Paid a billion dollars for Rashid Khan to come over yeah. here. Someone doing the, the decks? <laughs> He's doing decks. <laughs> I got, players I got, out there I got, doing covers the night before. Hit my putting the cones out. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for... Uh, uh, and anything in America is, you know, making it in America is one of the great uh, Western capitalist dreams, right? Yeah. You know, like it is the Sinatra song. Like you, uh, uh, and there's this kind of like natural spark that comes with trying to um, impress that great market, you know, of, of and that great home for entertainment, America. And I'm sure that would have been part of the allure of a lot of players going over there and why Mitch Marsh was so gutted to make that 118. Devastated. Because uh, he was meant to head over instead. He would have been at Seattle, Seattle I suppose, I with, was, the, with yeah. the Delhi yeah. mob. But, um, I mean, for some for some background, I mean, for, for TGC, uh, you know, not, not wanting to lift the hood on the data very often, but um, America is our – second highest audience on YouTube after India, mm-hmm. uh, which which speaks to the platform stuff a little bit. It's not the case for the podcast through the years, but just for, for our own reference point, there we have a higher audience of um, cricket viewers or, or TGC audience out of the US than Australia and the UK, which is just a, a small little morsel to explain um, how many cricket viewers there are in the, in the US? Most likely, um, you know, Asian expats. Yeah, uh, for sure. So the point is, and I think a lot of the people who are um, behind the MLC, they already understand that there is a fundamental, foundational base of cricket support there. I suppose the question is, can it break beyond those boundaries? Mm. Um, but they may already have something to back up. Now, on top of that. The, you know, you, you just cannot divorce the creation of this competition, the way that it's, the, where it's been scheduled, as in the, the timings of its scheduling, uh, from the broader explosion of franchise cricket around the world. It is the 365-day Monopoly board. They've taken up July 13 to 29 this time around with the 100 starts, uh, you know, what, a couple of days after that. But, you know, it's yeah. incredible how many of these new competitions in the UAE, for example, South Africa and the US, they butt up against more established competitions. And some of those competitions like the BBL, for example, they've shrunk. Now that's been sold as like, oh, we just listen to you guys and uh, we know a shorter competition's better. But it's, I think it's more like players going, mm, I'm really, I'd much prefer to please my 
IPL franchise paymasters who are now put dotting themselves around the board yep. than uh, than that. And you know, to me, it's just another brick in the wall. And I'm not. I don't actually necessarily mean it negatively. I'm probably more neutral in it. But another brick in the wall of the domestic franchise um, scene, probably eventually being um, you know completely owned by. Uh, you know the, the IPL franchise model. You know any any I, I, I fail to see a scenario where other domestic franchise cricket can exist independently of the of the um, of the Indian franchises. And and I, I again say that neutrally. It's just an analysis and just a uh, one man on an armchair's um, observation of the trends. To your point about um, interest in cricket in America, so. Uh, India obviously in the West Indies at the moment uh, and they are playing ODIs after this and they play five mm. T20s after that. Mm. The last two of those five T20s, so T24 and five, is being played in Lauderville, which is in Florida. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously, like, in terms of our analytics and stuff, there's obviously a number of um, English and Australian expats obviously um, consume TGC who live there. Mm. Uh, but um, it, I know that they're expecting the people who have bought the tickets because the first game is sold out mm. and they're expecting a lot of me to be uh, Caribbean and uh, Indian expats mm-hmm. um, going to that game. So that's just who the market is for, you, you would mm. suspect. But, yeah, to that end, I mean, like, this is why, like, the 100 starts, I think the the same day, August 1, is the day five of the Oval, which is the last test match. This is, this is part of the reason why, like, in our brains, it's like, it'll never get better than right now. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's coming. Yeah. You know, because even these games here, they, they don't have... Um, Painting our little Warhammer characters. <laughs> they don't have... Uh, these don't have T20 um, status because, uh, same as the IL, T20, the one in the UAE, they're not... F- uh, America and UAE are not full, full members, member yeah. status. They don't get the T20 yeah. stats. Yeah. But they get the bunts. It is it is interesting in that. So yeah, so looking at it through that, like uh, you know, what does this mean for the other cricket that we love level? But then uh, I, I don't know if it's a sort of an, an inbuilt capitalist thing. But like the 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 dream of making it in America, or, or also somehow capturing the attention of uh, Americans who otherwise consume the big four sports over there. Mm. Not not to usurp it or anything like that, but mm. to somehow gain some kind of foothold where cricket has some sort of, you know, mainstream recognition, let's say, I'm not saying interest yeah. or kind of explosion or anything like that yeah. is, uh, you know, there, there is, there is a certain, you know, excitement to that, particularly thinking about, as you said, cricket being uh, at the Olympics there as well. You know, what, what, what might cricket look like if, if there, if it does gain some kind of traction if it's on in, sports in, center. in the U S but like, as I say that, I can just somehow imagine several people in the US like pissing themselves laughing that they would have anything to do with something that in their mind is an English invention to, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. export civility. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they'll be like, that could get yeah. fucked. Can we somehow monetize the Boston Tea Party? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, we haven't even figured it out yet, but it, it will be very interesting to, to, cover and to see how it actually rolls out and also just to um explore the cultural differences oh, or, or yeah. just just try and export the fucking weirdness of cricket oh. over to the u.s there is an opportunity there yeah you oh, know tgc live shows in the u.s as well i'm having a look i'll have a look <laughs> <laughs> all right should we do hashtag cgc okay do you want to do it okay yep yeah, no worries uh this is from danny rude People might know Danny's voice from previous podcasts at the very start <coughs> that we're very grateful for. Yeah. Um, hello, Kramer and Newman. 
I am writing you an Ask TGC in Microsoft Word. I wonder what the ratio is of word to non-word write-ups. Anyway, the film Inception 2012, brackets 10, close brackets, <laughs> is one of Christopher Nolan's finest works. He's quite the director. A tidy cast as well. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Mike O'Kane, Elliot Page and Killian Murphy. Not Charlie Murphy, sadly. Unity! <laughs> a cracking score by Hans Simmer. Two, can you make some of those wah horn noises here? It's like when Cam Green's two metres drops. Mm. Yeah, I can't do it. As they go through the dream layers to carry out Inception, I couldn't help but think that it is rather reminiscent of one's time in the land of grade cricket. They must go down the dream levels, brackets grades, proving their worth along the way while avoiding limbo before timing their run to make it back to the initial level, first grade, as the film slash season ends. Some ego gear, dark pasts and fanciful thinking in there too. And it's all in the name of figuring out some dad stuff. As Fisher's father tells him while on his deathbed, I'm disappointed you even tried. Or some shit. They even briefly end up in fourth grade where things are as stable as Putin versus Neil Wagner Corp. <laughs> we also have some made-up numbers, 528491, which I guess was someone's exaggerated claim of career runs scored. Or they have given their batting average without a decimal point and to four decimal points for some reason. So my questions are, is Inception a dream analyzes wet dream vis-a-vis grade cricket? Would Inception interstellar the Dark Knight Watchman? <laughs> Or the Prestige Bat 3 in Nolan Films 11 with Oppenheimer coming in late, making up the playing 11. Can DiCaprio Bat 3 even though he averages under 25? <laughs> Good night, Newman. With love, Rudy. P.S. Sorry for the aggressive italics. Five brackets, six weeks. <laughs> so if you if you would agree that um, your best player bats number three, like three is like prestige, right? Not, not to be confused with the film The Prestige, but like mm. – Or prestige TV as, as as sort of started with the streaming era. So for me, like The Dark Knight Watchmen, which is now ruined. Thanks, Rudy. Mm. The Dark Knight's like one of my – Yeah, one of my, One of my favourites. So that's, that's, that's batting three. Uh, Oppenheimer, uh, it's about to come out. It's supposed to be good. Mm. Where does Barbie fit in? Mm. Big mm. questions. Big questions. Yeah, I did like in, I did like Inception. Interstellar is a run a run a ball, change the game kind of stuff with Barbie. Yeah, that's that's right. That's yeah. right. But I had a dream last night about Margot Robbie. Now I think about it. Did you? What was the nature of the dream? Can't remember. Oh, really? Can't remember. Yeah, I saw somebody um, post a picture of uh, Margot Robbie who had po- herself posted a picture of of herself without. You know, can he talk English? Can the bloke talk English? Let's see. Without makeup. And then the caption of the post was, you know, this is Margot Robbie without makeup. She's very mid. Perfect. Yep. That's new language. You'd be around that kind of stuff. Mid. Mid. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Something I was very mid. Yeah. I saw another TikTok as well on Twitter mm-hmm. of, of an American explaining why Paris was mid. Okay. Yep. There's something in mid. But, and, and then it was just getting absolutely. Uh, Hammered, but so, uh, so, it's like, oh, so, Margot Robbie's mid now. Is yeah, she? so it started. Wow. Like, the 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 etymology of how I understand it was like in a um in a musician's discography, and like where the where the latest album fits into the discography. You wouldn't say like it's absolute trash, as some people say that. Like it's the worst one they've ever done. No, I get it. It's, it's just mid, it's just in the middle. middle. It's just in the middle it's of short it. for middle. Yes. It's yeah. Like, it's ah, like it's that okay. six in threes. Right. <laughs> you you bat in the middle, mid. middle position in the middle grade. <laughs> it's right. It's very yeah. mid. Yeah. A couple of scores away from New South Wales. Yeah. I mean, it's probably is a bit broader than that, isn't it? Mid, but like now I'm thinking of it as a as a sort of a 
Rubik's Cube cricket. I was like, oh, mid. Oh, that's, that's batting six in third grade. So you've got five grades and you're in the middle. Oh, whatever. Um, anyway, what are we saying? Yeah, uh, Oppenheimer bats four. Uh, have you ever had a dream? In, have you ever done the inception? Had a dream where you're dreaming? I don't oh, think I've ever I had. I, look, I don't. I don't think so. I do like the idea that you've got to dream your way to ones. I <laughs> <laughs> always heard that. You know, it's like a, like if people want to get themselves to sleep, they start in sixth grade and face every single ball and get through <laughs> to test level. <laughs> <laughs> what I wouldn't give for that kind of eight hours in this. Uh, yeah, it's. A, yeah, I mean, take a really long. You just wouldn't sleep for sort of weeks, wouldn't you? If you're going through every ball. With the sort of with the time, you know, you had to bat time back in the day. Of course, especially, mm. especially those timeless great mm. games. I've always said, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity. Like, there's never really been a great like cricket video game. But like the the, the turning, if, if oh, it was sort of cricket meets Sims, but you you're know? not you're not talking about just um like actual gameplay. You're, career you're, mode. You're talking about career mode. Yeah, yeah cricket. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a yeah. total missed opportunity. It could actually be like a, a really immersive. Like you know, mm. they talk about the players. Like you're watching the Amazon films and or the Amazon dock and mm. they take their playstations with their headphones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like what if you could do like multiplayer re- remote gaming, but you're actually, you're actually playing against Australian cricketers on career mode of how you manage yourself outside yeah. the actual game, yep. you know, like out in the circuit, who's getting the round, who's got the Uber, you know, who's, who's, oh, one of inside. you, yeah, one of the, we don't buy me a beer if I didn't go inside. One of the players, you know, wants it to be like an end of season trip. He's, his penis is out. He's pissing against the bar now. Yeah. You know how do you how do you deal with that? He wants to take one of the strippers home. He's asking yeah. for a, like a, a quick whip around for mm. cash. That's right. He's he's insisting that the um, that the actual um, book that he was running, where everyone's got odds against their name for mm. who's going to have the most um, sort of promiscuous sex, mm. continues, and that the person who has the most sex actually wears a yellow jersey, yeah. at, at, like they do in the Tour de France. Yeah. And everyone's like, nah, it's all good, coach. Yeah. Like, and he calls it Latour. Yeah, yeah. Hey, boys, are on Latour. You're like, nah. Like, and and it's that, that you could fold that into this game. And, and who's the guy who has the most knowledge about sexually transmitted diseases? Yeah. Yeah, or who, yeah, who's, the, who's the guy who is continually on LinkedIn asking for support because he's actually in trouble through his employment for, un, um, for, for, for poor behaviour in his teaching role and he needs a help as he's going to court. But, like, you could fold all of that into the game. You got court scenes. I'd play the shit out of that. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you give me a reference, please? Because, like, mate, you played sixth grade. <laughs> we both. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, if you were folding that into a dream, yeah. like, uh. Yeah. Uh, you know, what I mean? like yeah, like that's a that's a rich that's a rich dream. Like you're on the end of season tour, and then all of a sudden there's a knock at the door from yeah. the police because there's been a complaint, and you're there in a you know like a cyclist yellow jersey and a helmet on. But I'm I'm I'm, the, but I'm, I'm in front of the peloton. I'm the yellow. I'm wearing the yellow jersey. Come with me, Mister Perry. And then I turn Got up and I'm naked wor- guys on the balcony. Your mates going, "See you, Pezza." <laughs> I'm wearing the polka dot jersey, sprinter. <laughs> I have the fastest sex. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs>